Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Bubblehead Fantasy Football Podcast uh, with my co-host Eric today. Why don't you tell everybody what we're talking about today? Hey there, Robert. Uh, today we're going to be discussing week three of the NFL and week four of college football and just, you know, the people and storylines that we're really interested in right now. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there's there's quite a few big news uh, this week. Um, just wanted to kind of start with some of that. Right. Um, so David Montgomery uh, and uh, Swift both look like they might miss this week and pay me a little bit more. Um, do you want to kind of talk about that? What's your expectation there? So the thing is, is that there is a very easy replacement uh, for both of them right now to me. Khalil Herbert has looked great in the limited opportunities he's had to start over the last couple of years, a little year and a half. Um, and Jamal Williams has been a forward on the side for DeAndre Swift owners for the last year and a half. Um, they're both top 10 running backs through three weeks. Um, especially Williams, he's had a little bit of touchdown luck, but I think he's going to get good volume. And I definitely think they could both be a you know RB2 for you. While either of those players are out, if you if you have their roster, the insurance back. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're great options as like you know, kind of that that handcuff, and and both really have pretty pretty solid standalone value as well. Like you know, they both have had that value there. Uh, so if you have those guys on your team, you probably got them late in the draft. So you, and you're probably looking out. Honestly, you're probably either undefeated or pretty close to it. Um, so you know, and um, but. You know, big injury week this week in the NFL. You know, tough to see, but there's a lot. There was a lot of injuries this week. So um, let's just go ahead and jump in. Um, you want to jump into the storylines for the week? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, so first off, we want to start with college, right? So USC and Oregon State. That was that was a good game. So. Uh, I really liked that like that game. It was a down to the wire, uh, and it really looked like Oregon State was going to pull off the upset, and USC pulled it off. And you know how they pulled it off through their defense, right? The defense stepped up for for USC when it mattered. And but what I want to see in fantasy, right, is can Caleb Williams and and um, uh, the, that offense bounce back this through uh, after getting kind of exposed. Uh, it, it, you know, their, their offensive line didn't play great. And honestly, it didn't look like the receivers were really getting open. Uh, are, are you worried or, you know, or, or is this just kind of a blip in the, the season? So it just depends on your expectations, right? I've said for a while that I think that USC is going to lose two football games this year. Um, so I'm not surprised by this, you know, good on them for winning a game that matters, right? Good football teams win games when they play bad. I did not think this offense looked good at all. But you're right, the defense stepped up. I don't think Oregon State's got a put in an offense, but still they held them to, you know, and, and they allowed 17 points to get them a victory. You know, they got the win. That's what's important. The thing I'm starting to wonder about is, I don't know about Jordan Addison. Like, a lot of people had him pushing for, you know, wide receiver one 2023 class. I think he's had a good year. But outside of touchdowns, he's just been, like, pretty average. He's had two meh games and he it's not like he's been playing these good defenses you know he comes off of this amazing season last year with Pickett. i just figured he'd get an upgrade with um with caleb and that he would like even be better well i mean to be fair to jordan addison right this is the only game that they've even been close in right so like it's true well, you know you don't even need he doesn't even need to, to get anything more than touchdowns because <laughs> they've blown them out, right? So, uh, good point. I don't necessarily think it's a it's a bad thing for you know Addison so far. Uh, obviously, you'd like to see that that increased production, but this is a team that has a lot of weapons. It's not just the Jordan Addison, Caleb Williams show, uh, and I think people kind of misunderstand that this isn't just a one man show or two man show. Uh, this is a really good good talented offense. Uh, obviously, they played poorly yesterday. Um, or not yesterday, but but this past week, and um, but I think they'll bounce back. I, I I think it's kind of a, just a blip in the radar. Um, and you know what really impressed me was just the defense. I I thought the defense winning them a game is is, is a good news for that, that football team in general. Uh, so let's talk about Devin uh, Akane. 
what what do you think about him? Can can he do this? Do can he replicate the production that he has right now in the pros? So my value for a chain in fantasy and the NFL is going to be almost completely dependent on what happens at the NFL combine because coming out of high school, he's reportedly like five, nine, one eighty five. Is if he can have bumped up that weight, right? Three years at A&M to, to get that weight over 200 pounds. I'm interested because HN is very fast and he is a good pass catcher. He's, he's, He's a satellite back. Like, he's not going to, right, he's averaging uh, 90 yards a game, right, right now. He's not going to do that rushing that was, you know, in the NFL. But if he can have solid size, right, you know, if he can, you know, coming at 5'9", 5'9 200, 202, I'm interested. If he's 188, 191, I'm pretty much all the way up. Yeah, so my thing with Akane, he's just a – you know, your, your generic snap, I mean, not a generic scat back, but he is the scat back in the NFL, right? He's Michael Carter. He is, you know, that type of back. Um, and so the question is, can he provide enough receiving volume to make it in the NFL um, as a fantasy football asset? And I don't think that you should ever really expect a scat back to do that. Uh, there's not very many scat backs that are able to do that. Uh, it looks like Carter is, is, you know, able to do that just, you know, by himself, but he's not like an RB one or anything like that. He's, you know, he's kind of an RB two, right? Like he's not like a, a stud by any means. Um, and I think that's kind of your best case scenario for, for a continent here. Um, you know, I, I think Devin's like the, in that, that same realm. Yeah. If, if we could see those weight numbers I've talked about, he would go from, you know, like a fourth round pick to like maybe a late second for me in rookie drafts. Like you said, he's not going to be an RB1. He, he, he's got a low, low um, ceiling. But I'll, I'll, I'll believe in, I'll buy in on it now. If, if he does get those numbers, there'll probably be some people moving up in the first round and, and I'll stay away at that cost. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think about Quinchon uh, Judkins? I'll, I'll let you kind of have the floor because I think we're going to disagree here on, on this one. So. The thing for me is Quinton Junkins, he's a freshman. He's behind uh, Zach Evans. Zach Evans is a top eight back in the country, I think, pretty easily, uh, maybe a top five. And Quinton Junkins has looked great this year. But typically it's been during blogs where he gets a lot of carries. Or this past game, Zach Evans got hurt, and Junkins just completely took over. Right? He's got over 100 yards rushing a game. He's got – uh, five rushing touchdowns. He's got minimal. He's got a couple of catches for 23 yards, not doing much in the passing game. But, like, to me, like, it, this could be a, a really good situation. You know, what if he transferred to, like, a USC? What if he transferred to Bama? You know, like, what if he transferred to a, to a, a team that he's going to be able to dominate the touches? I think he could be a total stud, like, you know, approaching all-american status and that's the only reason i say should he transfer it's not that he like he has to because he's he's getting the opportunity and right uh evans will be gone after next season so he'll get his junior year all all to him you know the backfield to himself but i'm wondering like is this in his mind like look what i'm doing maybe i could get you know more opportunity somewhere else i think him transferring would be the biggest mistake of his career tell me why so Quinchon Judkins is actually out-touched uh, Quinch, uh, Evans in every game except for the first in the, in the last two games, right? So he's he's out-touched Zach Evans in both the last two games. One was the blowout against Georgia Tech and the one that he got hurt, right? But he's also out-gained Zach Wilson in, or Zach Evans in most of those games as well. Uh, so I would argue that Zach Evans would be is the one in danger of losing his job not the other way around. Wow. I think Zach Evans, this injury opens the door for Quinshine Judkins to take over the starting role in Ole Miss. Now, Ole Miss has a fantastic problem to have in that they have two legitimate NFL star yeah. running backs, uh, or at least highly rated running back recruits. Potential top 50 picks in the NFL draft. Right? So, so we're talking about a team that, I, I feel like Quinshawn Judkins is 
has the potential if he can have a couple really big games to maintain the job the starting job there now the thing is right the issue with Ole Miss uh and this is kind of why I don't rank Ole Miss all that highly right now uh they have no ability to throw the ball uh they are reliant on the running game to win games right now uh and that's not going to win you games in the SEC in 2022 uh right so I think this team's a little bit overrated I, I but I I think it's I think this is questionable saying, you know, uh, Quinshine Judkins to transfer, you know, he's, he's dominated and in, in all this, I don't see any reason why he would get, he would transfer, you know, he looks like a perfect fit for uh, Lane Kippen's offense. And Zach Evans is going to be gone next year, one way or another. So. One more year, one more year. Evans is a 24. Class. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but okay. I think he, I think he likely will be gone in 2023 through the transfer portal because wow. i think it's i think it's it's possible that you you see punch on judkins just uh start taking over that job uh or, or at least eating into enough touches where it could affect his draft capital or or maybe you see a situation where it's like uh 1a 1b like you had with uh carter and um uh Javante williams you know in, in, in north carolina so uh yeah it, to me, it would be a more likely to be honest. I, I think so too. I think Zach deal. Evans is the one that would transfer over Quinshawn Judkins. Wow. So. Yeah, that would that would be that would certainly uh, shock some people, me included. Um, so I got to wonder uh, how high do you have Quinshawn Judkins ranked in your twenty-five running backs? I mean, it sounds like you must have him as a top three back at least. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Maybe he's up there. I think he's up there, right? Uh, the, there's a lot of good backs, though, man. There's a lot of good backs right now. It's a good uh, problem we have, huh? <laughs> yeah, so I'm not willing to put anybody in a guaranteed top three uh, other than Singleton uh, right now because um, this this class looks fantastic uh, across the board. There's so many, so many talents uh, for running backs, and it's just about it's about improvement, right? how much can he improve as a receiver in the backfield, right? Um, Because obviously he's he's been really good running the football, but I want to see more as a passing game before I rank him super high. Fair enough. But what about uh, Mecca Abuka or Marvin Harrison, right? So I was a a critic of Marvin Harrison's uh, this offseason a little bit. Um, And kind of this is kind of where I was at, right? I I just – I find it hard to, I found it hard to believe that, you know, maybe we're going to see like, you know, this run of, of, of Ohio state having like, you know, seven, eight uh, round one receiver prospects. I, I just didn't seem that as see that as like a realistic, it looks, it looks like it might be, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it looks like Marvin Harrison is the wide receiver three in Ohio state. And I mean, one, that's an amazing problem for Ohio state to have, but um does that hurt his draft stock or do you have a Mecca as number the wide receiver three? Like who's your wide receiver two? Who's your wide receiver three? So I'm sticking with my guy Mbuka. I had Mbuka as number two going into this season when a lot of people were down on Emeka. Uh, right. Harrison was easily a third round, if not a second round Debbie startup pick this off season. Um, I think name value is really the only reason they basically had the same rookie year like yeah harrison had the good game you know in the rose bowl you know last game of the year but they were pretty much just complete you know backseat totally in the backseat to the I mean, they had the three superstars you know yeah. that they had last year which you would expect right you, you have yeah. two what were they uh the 10th and 11th pick the 10th and 12th pick in the yeah, nfl draft like and yeah. then jsn is We'll, we'll see what about the injury, but I expect him to be a first-round pick as well. Um, but, yeah, you talk about the streak Ohio State has. I think we've got to give it to Brian Hartline. Brian Hartline, he was a, you know, wasn't a superstar NFL player, but he was a longtime vet. You know, he was a savvy player that, you know, won off of his brain and, instead of, like, his physical traits. And uh, he's been there for years. He's a great recruiter, and he's a great coach. These, these right shooters are coming out. They know the game. And they're getting the recruits, so they're talented. And I think that's why they're having so much success. So I 
I lean Mbuka, you know, slightly, but I, I expect them both to be successful in the NFL. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I I mean, it's a good problem to have, right? You have three legitimate uh, stars again. Yeah, I mean, they could both be first round picks too. You know, yeah. it's it's crazy. And then they'll probably reload again next year. But, yeah, they uh, sure are. What about Troy Franklin? All right, are you trusting the production so far? I mean, so Franklin, I really liked uh, coming out of high school, and last year was just like gross, right? We didn't, you know, we didn't say anything. But okay, still a young player. Uh, this year, we're starting to see signs of life. And this is with Bo Nix, after all, right? But I don't know. It's like, do we really trust a Pac-12 wide receiver, especially an Oregon one, like a non-USC Pac-12 wide receiver, basically? Um, so he's talented. He's got good size, right? Physically, he, he is a, has an NFL body. But I'm not quite yet back in on Troy Franklin. I was pretty high last summer uh, in 2021, but I definitely need to see more before I'm back in on the Troy Franklin train. Yeah, I mean, but look, let's say this. Bo Nix is the most overrated NCAA quarterback in recent memory. Uh, so the fact that he's producing with him is 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 an achievement in and of itself. Uh, so... Um, I'm not necessarily all in on Troy Franklin, but I do think he has a significant increased in value, significantly increase in value. Oh yeah. So, um, anything else for college you want to talk about today? Ohio State or Alabama is the number two team in the country. Well, who you got? Uh, so right now I'm saying Alabama. Uh, it's because I'm a Homer, but <laughs> you are. Uh, you know, I think I'll try and be objective. I think it's Ohio State just because. I've seen some serious question marks with that offense with Bama, but they've got plenty of time to fix it before the games that truly matter, you know, are happening. So yeah. I'm not ever counting out Nick Saban and Alabama. Yeah. I mean, I think Alabama, <laughs> it's going to be between those two, yeah. uh, you know, so we a three way combo for the yeah. national championship, I believe. Yeah. Um, so moving on to the NFL, right? So, you know, the meat of the episode right here, um, so Russell Wilson has probably been the most disappointing player in the NFL this season, I think. Uh, right? Whenever he got traded, we were talking about Denver Broncos might be a Super Bowl contender. Yep. And now we're look. I don't even know if this team makes the playoffs. And Russell Wilson looks like a guy who is in his 40s and 50s out there, not a guy who was, you know, a former MVP or a former uh, All-Pro. So I mean, he looks terrible. Like, yeah. like you said, right? They brought in, you know, he's a quarter million, quarter billion, excuse me, you know, dollar quarterback now. Uh, we thought, you know, they're going to be vying for a Super Bowl. They're certainly going to be vying for, uh, you know, the division title. Uh, okay, Javante Williams is going to be a top five, our, our, you know, running back. And he, they're going to have, two wide, you know, top 15-ish wide receivers with potential to have two wide receiver ones, you know, like Russell had done with DK and Lockett at times, uh, you know, and and it was like, hey, Russell Wilson in redraft, he's got to be a top five, you know, if you're a championship, you know, if you're a contender in Dynasty, all aboard the Russell train, oh my God, this has been horrible. This is, it's hard to watch that game against, uh, that Sunday night football game it was disgusting. It, you know, it's like, we, but you act like that's a different. That's different than what we've seen the last two. Like that, that was nothing new compared to what we've been seeing all oh, season. Oh, that's that's just what Russell has been all year. He's got fifty nine percent completion percentage. Like this is Russell Wilson. Like what? So I I I think this is all on Hackett. Not, maybe not all on Hackett, but I hope so. Like, I mean, well, he, Russell Wilson does like, shelve himself. But what I'm saying is like, right? If how. How bad does this team have to look before you're questioning the coach? Well, I will say uh, that final drive on on Sunday night, we started to finally see like, whoa, whoa, like that's the Russell I know. Like he he had a nice run. He uh, extended the play a couple of times to, to complete the throw. Uh, you know, there are glimmers of it. So I'm with. I'm hoping you're right, and I'm hoping this is just offensive scheme is crap. You know. And they they need to address that, and then we can get back to, you know, seeing good football from Russell Wilson. But I'm alarmed. Yeah, yeah, I think this is alarming. Um, and it, and honestly, you can't even sell him. 
because you know it's I mean, the value is so low. Yeah, you, the value is so low right now. Like I don't even I don't even want to sell them because yeah. I mean, so you just got just got to hold. Um, so what about Patrick Mahomes? What is uh, what's your kind of take on his life after Tyreek Hill? So, I mean, hey, through three weeks, right? If we're talking fantasy, he's looked good. He's he's QB four. Uh, he's got sixty eight percent completion percentage. He's eight to one touchdown int ratio. Um, he's he's really solid. He had the one huge game, right? He absolutely destroyed Arizona week one, and then he's had a couple of average, whatever seventeen eighteen point games in week two and three. Um, I think I think this is probably about the ceiling where you're going to get on average. You know, you're going to have, a, you know, one out of four games are like a big, you know, oh, there's the Patrick Mahomes type of game, you know, the 30, 35-point fantasy game. But I think he's going to have a lot of, you know, 18, 20, 22, 23-point games, uh, which, you know, points per game and full season, he'll be there. He'll be, you know, QB6, QB4. Um, but I just – I think without Tyreek, he, he's just not in that QB1 conversation, really, you know, first season. Yeah, you know, I, I think with Patrick Mahomes uh, and the Chiefs in general, I think they made a big mistake not uh, trying to trade up in the draft to get a, a star wide receiver. Um, you know, I, I don't – I think one, too, they also – you know, they, they really didn't get nearly enough for Tyreek Hill. Um, you know, it was a, it was decent value, but at the same time, like for for the window that they're in, right? Like they're competing. Um, it doesn't make sense for them to be trading uh, guys like that. Um, but I I will say that you know if Sky Moore is able to have a good second half of the season, we could be you know singing a different tune. But the th- my thing is right. The wide receiver class this coming year doesn't look as good as the one last year did. Um, that's kind of the downside of the 23 class is the wide receivers aren't nearly as good, um, or at least they don't have the depth that you know. 20, yeah, I think the depth had. is the biggest. Thing. Um, they, yeah, they have the star power, right? But yeah. but are they are the Chiefs able to go up and get that star power? Um, Not the way people have been drafting wide receivers lately. Yeah. And, and the, my, so I don't know if that's going to be possible. Um, right. Uh, and, and I think, so I think this is kind of, this is a good opportunity to this for everybody to see like long-term, this is what Tyree or Patrick Mahomes might be. And I think he's been impressive, uh, at least comparatively to what I think everybody expected from him. Uh, but, if if tire if if the the offense is going to be what what I think we've seen out of this team is that they're going to have to win on defense and and in fantasy that's bad news for Mahomes. Yeah, so, so my long term concern with Patrick is what happens if they can't get a superstar wide receiver, you know, by the time Kelsey's gone. I mean, Kelsey's still playing amazing football, but eventually he's going to be done. So. They need to find some superstar, whether it's a tight end or a wide receiver, because, you know, Kelsey, the days after Kelsey are, are going to be here pretty soon. Yeah. So, question, uh, who do you start between Tua or Wentz? Uh, that's tough because Tua, it's like how healthy is he? Um, that's yeah. the big thing for me. You know, if that was in concern, it would be Tua pretty easily. Um trying to remember i'm just checking real quick who's carson playing this week aren't they playing dallas yeah I, i'm going to it still uh i'm not a big fan of of uh wentz obviously and i don't think the injury is that much of a concern for Tua this week um you know obviously if he doesn't play obviously that's a concern right but but it looks like he's gonna play it looks like i think he'll be fine so yeah it looks like he's play as long as he's gonna play i'm gonna go with uh tua and this is why I, I'm a bit of a Wentz truther, but as we saw against Philly, their offensive line is weak. And uh, they have this guy who's really good at sacking the quarterback in Dallas. You ever hear him? Micah Parsons, you know, maybe the freaking NFL defensive player of the year potentially. Uh, he will eat them, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, that's concerning. You know, like, oof. Yeah, so um... – so Waddle, I thought I thought Waddle was a forward participant in practice uh, the, today, um, 
but I might be I might be uh, thinking of the wrong uh, person because um, I haven't looked really at the injury reports yet. But it I would say that Waddle does affect that decision, but I don't think Waddle's gonna uh, gonna miss the game either. Um, and um, so I'm I'm leaning towards Tua, even with Tyree Kill, just Tyree Kill. Uh, you know, I still, but I'm again, I'm a, I'm a Wentz hater, so I, I guess, uh, you know. Yeah, so it looks like Waddle's going to play. Tom Pellegrosio, uh, he's reporting today that it's expected Waddle plays. Um, even without Waddle, which it doesn't look like you're going to have to deal with, you still got Tyreek Kill, um, which I, I do like Wentz's uh, weapons a lot, actually. But when he's, you know, getting put on his back 10 times in the game, he's probably going to have one or two turnovers and it's going to make, you know, throwing for 300 yards a lot harder. Uh, so I guess it's what he, I don't know. To, to me, it's Tua because Tua is more likely to score 30 points and he's less likely to score less than 10 to me, which, you know, so give me two on that one. Yeah. I think, I think two is the safe. As long uh, as he plays. Yeah, as long as he plays, he's the safe floor play and 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 uh, has a higher ceiling, in my opinion. Um, so moving on to the running backs here. Um, so I think the biggest storyline this week was Ezekiel Elliott versus Tony Pollard. It kind of looks like Tony Pollard is kind of, uh, you know, taken over uh, as like the preferred option for a lot of people. Uh, in the NFL circle, uh, just maybe not the Cowboys. What do you kind of think about how this this uh, you know situation has played out? So I'm on Team Zeke. Um, I think that Zeke is going to get the consistent volume. Uh, he's had like almost 15 carries exactly each week. Um, now, I will grant this. A lot of people say, yeah, but Pollard looks so much more explosive. Yes and no. You have to realize they're not – used the same way at all. Pollard is specifically used, you know, when out in space. He's he's on these out t- exterior runs. Zeke charges up the middle. Zeke is is you know the typical like first and second down back. Uh, but he's he looks pre PCL injury last year, right? Everyone talks lost crap on Zeke last year. He looked really good last year before that knee injury, and he looks really good now. He's averaging uh, nearly five yards a carry. And the only real issue with him is he's got no receiving game. He's, for his whole career, been a very good receiving back. Uh, he's only got five targets. And he has negative five receiving yards on the year. Uh, right? He had the touchdown last week, and that's why he had a solid week. You know, the two weeks prior, he didn't have a good fantasy week because he didn't get a touchdown. So um, my thought is, is Zeke is going to be used more. He's got the out snaps Pollard. He's a way better pass protector than Tony Pollard is, which is going to be important all year long because they don't have a good offensive line. Um, I think they're close. I really do. I think they're quite close, but I, I lean Zeke. So I think fantasy-wise, Zeke's the better option. I don't think it's all that close, mostly just because Zeke gets the goal line work, and I think Zeke has a better volume. Um, now, Tony Pollard is obviously a very good standalone running back and, and at the value you drafted him at he's probably you know i assume with where most people are drafting him that you got good value right um now if i was if i was in the nfl i want tony pollard um right and that's just because of the contract and, and i think he's he provides something uh that you because zeke what zeke does for their offense is something that i think is is at least somewhat replaceable comparatively to to tony pollard and that's but that gets that gets into the whole you know argument of like why do you pay running backs? Should you pay running backs and stuff like that? I'm camp never pay running backs. But right, uh, guess what? Zeke got paid. Guess what? Zeke's gonna uh, have the majority of the backfield because he got paid. So you know. Uh, so what about Devin Singletary? Do you trust this increased production from the last uh, few games? So yeah, I mean it dates back to the end of last year. The weird thing is, is it's almost completely reversed. End of last year, it was because he was getting, you know, 15-plus carries a game, and he was being used a lot to, you know, in the goal line situations. Uh, he's RB22 through three weeks in full PPR. 
And that's mainly because he has 16 targets, 13 catches. Uh, he's got, you know, one total touchdown of the year. Only has 80 rushing yards. Uh, right? He's been very inefficient as a rusher. He's averaging less than 3.5 yards per carry. Um, I think Singletary is like, right? They Remember Buffalo tried to sign uh, J.D. McKissick? It's almost like they're trying to use him in that role, which is so weird because they trapped a James Cook, who is more like he's the back for that. Um so I, I think Singletary is a nice best ball piece. I'll put it that way. That, that's where I really have value with Singletary. It's because I don't have to want to like, I don't want to put him in my life, you know, unless I'm like got, got a buy or got an injury. If I'm trying to win a championship, unless every other position, the running back stacked and I'm starting him week in and week out, eh, I'm probably not, you know, winning a title. Um, but I think he can be a good, definitely an RB3 and push to be, you know, like RB22 as he is now for the whole year. So if I own Devin Singletary, I am reaching out to every single owner that has DeAndre Swift and Devin uh, and David Montgomery, and I like I'm offering it. Devin Singletary straight to try to offload him as and get as much as I can. I like that. Why? Because, right, like you said, the rushing is completely inconsistent. Um, the targets are why he is kind of producing, but that's that's not maintainable, right? He's not that type of guy, and they drafted a guy that's better at receiving, or at least was expected to be better at receiving than Devin Singletary, right? So, so one, this kind of, you know, I, I always, I said this too, I think when, when James Cook got drafted, like, you know, James Cook was my number three going into the year, but at the same time, I was always saying, like, man, I just don't want anybody in this class after, like, you know, like running back three or four, I don't really want any of them uh, in the draft, especially if, you know where I thought they were going to get drafted. But if if I'm the Bills and I wanted a running back, why did you, why not trade up and get Kenneth Walker, right? Or you know get go get something like that. Uh, trade up, get Brees Hall. Like it, you know, it just kind of makes me question their 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 thought process when they're when they're evaluating running backs. And honestly, like you know, I don't want anybody anything to do with any running back in Buffalo because Josh Allen's there because they like to throw the ball. I don't want anything to do with them. If I can sell them, absolutely trying to sell them. I like it. So what about Najee Harris? So he is – volume has always been his calling card with Pittsburgh. Uh, is that enough this year? Doesn't look like it. I So the only uh, chance for – well, there's two actually. There's two chances. One, right, he, he injured his foot. Um, in the preseason, they re-agitated re-ag- it. Uh, I think it was week two. or, or It was week one. It was going into the New England game. Um, right? So maybe that's a little bit why he's slow. Right? He starts to carry his abominable. Um, the other possibility is if we see Kenny Pickett, and if Kenny Pickett brings life to this offense, th- those are the two chances to get, you know, that top ten, top five production again. Right now he's sitting at a back-end RB2. Uh, he's got great great volume uh, but this is exactly what i was worried about when i was doing startup drafts and when where people were trying to trade you know those top end pr- players in the offseason because i just didn't see a world that was very likely where he was going to repeat as a top five running back i just i don't trust the offense the line's garbage yes yeah, so i'll say this you're saying the you know the, the volume might not be enough i'm saying the volume might not have been even be there soon Jalen Warren's been impressive. They're starting to use him a little bit. I'm wondering, though, is that, you know, to try and lighten the load because he just had the injury? Or is it like, hey, we're going to keep doing this going forward to try and prevent any future injuries, too? That is, the, I think, the big question on the volume. Jalen Warren, honestly, you could argue he looked better in that Thursday night game. Uh, other than the fumble that Jalen Warren had, which uh, obviously he got sat on the bench immediately after that. Yeah, but I get, yeah. But other than that, like he actually looked pretty good comparatively. Um, and I think that's a real danger to Najee Harris's volume. Um, and you know, I think this is a lost year for Najee Harris in terms of uh, his fantasy value. I think it'll probably go up after they uh, can get some offensive line help next year. But yeah, I mean, I think this is kind of a lost year for him. So uh, moving on to the wide receivers, right? So uh, sticking with the Thursday night game, Amari Cooper, 
right? Are the increased targets that the Walmart Creeper got, are, are those going to be maintainable? Is that going to be something that, you know, you see uh, long term? Well, if it is, that I'll be, that'll be one of my biggest misses on the offseason. I, I don't doubt Amari Cooper's talent. I never did. I think he's a great player. I just really worried about Jacoby Brissett. Game one, I looked like a very smart person. Games two and three, not so smart. He's had top 10 wide receiver season both weeks. And their offense, honestly, is starting to look pretty good. Um, so I'm going to kind of hedge and say, you know, we're not going to see, you know, wide receiver eight, wide receiver seven going forward. But I think we can definitely rely on mid to high in our uh, wide receiver two numbers. Yeah, I think Amari Cooper is a must start right now. Um, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, so I had I, it's funny actually. I had accidentally saw I sat him on the bench. I thought uh, I thought I had a put replaced uh, Keenan Allen with him, uh, and uh, I did not. Uh, so was Ke- uh, Amari Cooper was on my bench uh, while Keenan Allen uh, I had to find a way to replace Keenan Allen and with Amari Cooper actually on the bench. So that was kind of uh, annoying. Uh, but you know I I think I think Amari Cooper is in one of those situations now where you you're gonna see a situation i think where amari cooper is the only uh feature of that offense and the passing game because uh, it looks like to me like jacoby brissett uh, uh like brissett just wants to throw the ball to amari cooper every single play uh if he if he's gonna throw the ball right so i think this is a prime opportunity for amari cooper to dominate that 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 wide receiver room in targets. And if he can get 11, uh, 10 targets, like, cause it looks like that's about what he's going to get based off what the offenses look like so far. Uh, so, you know, I, I think this is a, I think he's a must start. And I think he, he's somebody that's going to uh, be a lot better than what people expected. Yeah. Do you think that uh, what we saw this past Thursday with Njoku is going to be kind of more of the normal? I mean, Njoku got a ton of targets. He looked great. Or is that going to just be the total like one-off, like the random games that happen every once in a while? I, I'm just not, I'm not a believer in Joku, and it's just because he's so inconsistent, right? I can't get on the Njoku train until I see it for an entire season. Yeah, and yeah, is- I've always wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt and say, hey, he's had a terrible quarterback, and that's been the issue. Um, but I, I get it, and and I mean this year, you know, through three weeks since we've seen. But I'm with you. I think Cooper is really the only pass catching weapon you're going to be starting with confidence for at least a few more weeks. You got to see more from other people. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's with Njoku. It's literally, you know, it's just I've been bitten in the past. You know, I was on the, I've been on the Njoku train for a couple years beforehand, and. You know, I every time I've just been like, you know, stash him, stash him, stash him. He's gonna blow up. He's gonna blow up. And guess what? He he doesn't. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm a little gun shy there. Yeah. Um, but what about so Hollywood Brown? Right? He is quietly, I think, putting up a pretty pretty good season. Right? Oh, he's great first three weeks. Yeah. You know, he's he's been a star for for Arizona, and I think he's really making. Uh, Baltimore question why they traded him, um, and you know it was questionable when they when they traded him in the first place. But I think it's even more questionable now. But yeah. what do you think this can keep on going after Hopkins comes back? Or so here's the thing: not only has Hollywood been great, he's been in great in spite of the fact that overall Arizona looked terrible in offense. Kyler has been like okay, but, like, their offense doesn't look good. So if they stay at this pace where they're just operating as, like, a very middle-of-the-packed offense in the league, no, I think that Hopkins is going to take away enough that Hollywood is much more the boom-bust type of player we were used to in Baltimore. Um, If they can get their offense going and Kyler starts playing really well, yeah, I mean, we could be looking at two top 15, top 10 wide receivers. Like, everyone knows what Newt can do. And, and Hollywood has shown, you know, moments of brilliance throughout his career. But he's starting to show the consistency through these first three weeks. So yeah. what I need is the offense and Kyler to ascend in order for me to have trust this continues 
yeah, so I'll say this, right? Um, you, you've, I agree with you that the Arizona offense has not looked great so far this season. <clears throat> now, the reason that I'm going to, that, that's also a reason, though, that I'm saying this. I am trying to sell Hollywood Brown before DeAndre Hopkins comes back because I think that Cliff Kingsbury will be fired either mid or uh, at the end of the season. And if there's he one thing that I extension though, I don't I don't care, right? He, I think if you look at this team, they have vastly underperformed in the second half of each season. They look terrible this season. They could get a top ten pick this year, and if they get a top ten pick, you got to fire because you already have your star quarterback, who you just just paid. You got to fire your coach. Got to fire him. There's no other option. I think the option is they're just gonna. <laughs> grit their teeth and play the blame game. I'm Somebody not saying fired. it's not the smart thing to do, but I get fired. Somebody's got to get fired. If you go, if you, if you have a top 10 draft pick with a superstar quarterback, you got to get fired. Somebody's got to get fired. Unless you just want a Super Bowl, like you got to get fired. Don't blame somebody, but they're not blaming the GM or head coach. They just locked them back up. Yeah. I, 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 I I'm trying to sell Hollywood mostly because I think this is, this team's about to get blown up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sell Hollywood and then sell Nuke two games into, you know, when he comes back after he's got 25 targets and two touchdowns and, you know, like, and they go, go on top of it, go ahead and sell Kyler Murray too. <laughs> well, I, I've been trying to sell Kyler a while, but yeah, I'm with you too. I I'm, I'm really worried about this whole offense. I think they are very poorly run as an organization. Um, and I don't really believe in two or sorry. I don't believe in Kyler. I think Kyler is, there's a reason they put that uh, study hours clause in his contract. I, I don't think he's a professional. Um, talented is just about anybody, but I don't think he has the off-the-field mentality needed to be a superstar quarterback in the league. Yeah. So let's go into the rookie discussion, right? Drake London first, Garrett Wilson. Which one do you want after three weeks of the season? Well, let me start out with saying who I had a month ago and who I had five months ago. It was Garrett Wilson, number one, at wide receiver, and it was Drake London, number two, at wide receiver. They were very, very close. Um, I had a number of drafts where I was drafting, and I was on the clock, and they were the you know the highest players on my board. And I was like, God, you know what? Let me just tr- you know trade back one spot, pick up a second round pick, pick up whatever you know, because <clears throat> I almost found them the same. Um, but I, I I always gave Wilson the the uh, the edge, and I'll answer this. It depends on the league format. In Dynasty, I'm sticking to that. I still prefer Wilson. In redraft, I'm going to go with Drake London, be- only because I don't know what's going to happen when Zach Wilson comes back. It's already been said Zach Wilson's playing week four. It's very possible that Zach uh, Garrett Wilson gets better with Zach's return, but it's also possible that Eli Moore, or excuse me, Elijah Moore starts getting used a lot more with Zach Wilson's return. Drake London's looked great regardless of, you know, Kyle Pitts being there or not. So this year, I think London's probably going to be better. Long-term, I still slightly prefer Wilson, but I think they're both great players. Yeah. So I'll say this. Um, so I actually got into an argument uh, on Twitter uh, recently. Somebody uh, had questioned my, when I said that uh, Drink London has the potential to be a a top uh, wide receiver in Dynasty in the same you know tiers like Jamar Chase, or Justin Jefferson, um, right? And one, I, I just don't understand how that's a question, right? Drake London has put in a massive amount of tar- a huge target share uh, as a rookie, which. I don't know if most people know this, but that's not that's unheard of. Uh, even Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, they didn't dominate the targets so much as they just had really good production. Not right away, they, so they certainly did. Definitely not right away. Um, you know, Justin Jefferson was actually like, you know, I like he was he didn't start really hitting until I think it was like week five or six of his rookie year. He was unstartable uh, uh, until the third week. That was when we finally started seeing it, but it wasn't yeah. like you said until five six. And you're like, okay, this is real. Yeah. Yep. So, so I, I, I think it's, I think it's crazy that somebody's you know questioning that Drake London has the ability to be a top three, even top one. He's got the potential. For like sure. he's got the potential to do it, right? See if he stays healthy and he gets a better quarterback, sky's the limit. Um, 
so I'll go with Drake London in Dynasty. Um, and the reason that I'll go with, with Drake London is because I think he's a better PPR weapon. Uh, he looks like the guy that's going to get a huge target share. Garrett Wilson, I think it depends on the quarterback, right? And I think he's also kind of, he's, he's going to be in that same, he's going to probably be in the Jamar Chase, like kind of mold where you're going to have a few really big games and then might have some really bad games. Um, I could see that. Uh, that, and, um, that route he ran to uh, win the game against Cleveland, he looked exactly like Devontae Adams. Do you see it? He was, they were probably on the two. It was, it was like fourth and goal from the two or three or whatever, and he's pressed man, and he just cuts in, cuts out, basically made the guy fall on his face, you know, caught a little hit trout in the end zone. It was, it was like, yeah, you're kidding me? Week two of a, as a rookie you're doing that? But yeah. to your point, if you don't have the QB, that – doesn't get utilized as much. And then and Drake London's just been just as impressive without the quarterback too. So if you have the if you have this problem, you know, you're you're living life. Yeah, hopefully uh, you just grabbed them both, you know, you had two yeah. uh, high first round picks and you snatched them both up. Yeah. I think Drake London was my biggest miss uh as a um going into the season of uh, like last year. Um cuz I kind of thought I thought he was he it was a kind of a fluke. Uh, USC, you know, they're going to throw the ball a lot. I was thinking, man, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to translate, not going to translate. And yeah, Drake London has been, has been that guy, especially yeah. even, even last year, right? He, last year he blew up and that's when I started to really pay attention to him last year, uh, was, was when he blew up at the beginning of the year. Um, I want to throw some love into Chris Olave though, uh, cause he just won rookie of the month and, uh, he's been really good this year too. You were down on him. I, I was kind of stay. I think he's, I was wrong. He's been really good. I say he's been fantastic through three weeks. I've been impressed. So, uh, and he has just as bad of a quarterback situation uh, in New Orleans, which uh, I'm I'm a uh, I'm all in on the Pelicans now. Uh, we've moved on. We're we're done. Uh, Jameis just needs to get healthy. He looked great week one, that. and he freaking breaks his back week two, and then everyone's crapping on him. It's like, dude, the dude's playing with a broken back. Like, give him <laughs> so, a break. <laughs> So it's funny, right? Uh, we have this thing in New Orleans, like you can't have all, you can't have multiple teams in New Orleans no. at the same time. No. So it's either the Pelicans or the Saints. The yeah. Pelicans have Zion Williamson back, and uh, the, they were they won, uh, they were on pace to win almost fifty games without Zion. So I think the Pelicans are going to be the team to to watch in New Orleans. So I'm all out on the Saints. Calling it calling it a year. We're done. <laughs> Move on to basketball. Wrapping it up already. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, but anyway, so yeah, so uh, Drake London, you know, I'm, I'm taking Garrett, Drake London over Garrett Wilson, but um, yeah, mo- but moving on to tight ends, right? Uh, so, biggest surprise, Tyler Conklin. I don't think anybody would have ever expected Tyler Conklin to do this. All right. So, I'll say I didn't expect him to do this, but you check the receipts. I was pretty high on Tyler Conklin. Right, Irv Smith went down last year in Minnesota, and Conklin was like tight end seventeen. He looked pretty good, and guess what? They gave him eight million dollars per year in New York, real money. And I was thinking, all right, you've got a young, uh, a young QB. He'll probably throw a fair amount to the tight end. But no, my God, I wasn't thinking he would be tight end four, twenty-four targets through three weeks. That's with Flacco, though. So yes, I will say that I think. I, I think you actually have that backward. I think the the young quarterback is going to be less likely to throw to the tight end and running back than the, the the vet. Yes, compared to Flacco, yes. But I honestly, you know, in early August, I wasn't even considering the fact that Flacco is going to be starting for three weeks. But you're right. I think Flacco versus is uh, more helpful to Conklin's value in fantasy that, than Zach Wilson. So I think it's time to sell. That's what I'm saying. Oh, right? yeah, I please. think it's absolutely time to sell. You take that 22-point game to the to the bank. And, uh, well, I think that was in a tight end premium league that I looked at that. But um, he, had about, yeah, he had like eight catches, 80-some-odd uh, yards. So I think, great. you know, <laughs> sell them. Just get anything you can, sell them. Yeah, in a world um, where basically two tight ends have been good this year, uh, yeah. well, three, I think Ertz has been good too. But, I mean – Conklin's been very reliable, but I'm with you. I mean, if you can sell him, that's the thing. The most savvy dynasty owners are, what are they really going to pay for Conklin? Uh, can you even get a second? Maybe. I wouldn't. 
I wouldn't pay. I definitely wouldn't do it more than a fourth. Yeah, like I mean, if I, I'm I competing, I might pay. Like, you know, here's my third. Here you go, pal. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, that being said, I still think of. I'm keeping my take from August. You know, I'm not letting this change. I was thinking that he could be a decent tight end too. You know, tight end 18, tight end 14. Solid second tight end in case, you know, for your bye week, in case you have one miss a week or two. Now, I didn't like matching him up with a George Kittle because typically you're expecting Kittle to miss four or five weeks. I don't want to, you know, deal with Conklin that long. All right, so we got a question about uh, would you trade JT for Leonard Fournette and Amari Cooper? So to me, it all depends on the the uh, foreman. And this question, I'm assuming it's a redraft question. Um, now, redraft, really, I guess it depends about your roster construction. So I still think JT's going to be very good. You know, he's had a couple of down weeks in a row. And Fournette, but Fournette has also have been a little down, too. I believe in Fournette. I think Fournette's going to get right as, you know, Tampa Bay gets right. Um, and we talked about um, – we talked about Amari Cooper, which I we both think he's going to be good. I think so, I'll sell JT. Yeah, so it's a PPR Superflex League uh, redraft. Um, so, so you're selling you're you're selling JT, right? I'm only selling JT if I'm desperate for a receiver. Well, I guess um, that's the thing. like if you. Because if, if if I I would want I would want JT unless I'm like desperate desperate for receivers and I think that is fair value but um, if I have enough receivers to start uh, yeah you could send the send the lineup um but yeah I think that's kind of the dependent for me I, you know I, I would probably just uh, stick with the JT though yeah the lineup really matters right like if you're gonna be swapping in Fournette for JT and then you're like oh do I pump out like Devonta Smith you know I'm, he was my wide receiver three and I make him my what you know he's now my flex or you know he's my first man up off the bench because I put Cooper in then no but if you got like you know I'm in a 12 team PPR redraft league three start three uh wide receivers I went heavy running back um and my third wide receiver is um is Thielen. And like, I'm not very happy with that. If I could, you know, get Thielen on the bench for Fournette, who I still think will end up as an RB1, and then I can throw Cooper in, I would do that. Yeah. So what about uh, Dallas Goddard? We'll kind of talk about Goddard while we're. Uh, uh, yeah. So. Uh, so Goddard. Right, Goddard's been one of like the favorite sleepers of Dynasty tight ends for a while now, um, and honestly, this offseason with Hurts, he kind of got left for dead. At least after AJ Brown got traded, because the theory was like, oh, they can't all get the targets. Well, Goddard's looked pretty great. I mean, he hasn't had huge target numbers. Um, he only has 14 through three games, but he's got good yardage, um, and. You know, I, I think this offense is so good that he's going to get decent touchdown numbers. So I think he's firmly in that tier two of tight ends, which to me, he used to be, you know, a month ago, he was um, he was at the end of tier two, like almost tier three. All right. So the uh, lineup here. Is uh, he has Jonathan Taylor, James Connor, uh, Cortland Sutton, Christian Kirk, Keenan Allen, CeeDee Lamb. Uh, it's an eight team league. Um, and he has Kareem Hunt, Shot Penny, Kenneth Walker on the bench. Um, yeah. you go so, first. What do you think? Yeah, so I'm, I'm sticking with uh, the JT in this in this scenario. Um, just because I I think I'd like your your, your depth here. Um, you have two backup wide receivers realistically in each of your flexes um, in Keenan Allen and CeeDee Lamb. And then you have enough backups as running back to where you can kind of, you don't need, you know, Leonard Fournette or Amari Cooper because, you you know, both of them are more than likely they're going to be on your bench or they're replacing, uh, you know, 
one of the Keenan Allen if he's hurt, for example, right? Um, so I would just stick with um, I would stick with with JT, and then I would I would start um, either Kareem Hunt or DK Metcalf uh, in Keenan Allen's spot, assuming he doesn't play. So. Yeah, I mean, you're telling me you got DK Metcalf and Kareem Hunt as your bench players, you know, in an eight-team yeah. league. I'm keeping the star power in that situation. I was kind of assuming it'd be a 12-team league um, where depth is more important. Uh, when you're in an eight-team league, star power is more important um, because, right? You know, naturally, just people have more depth, and you've already got good receivers. Um, your your running backs have been a little disappointing. It sounds like you've just kind of gotten unlucky, right? Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen's an absolute stud wide receiver, you know, top 10 type of player, but he's been hurt. Um, I would say ride it out. You know, I think they're going to get Jonathan Taylor involved. Um, So, I mean, just to look back at 2021, uh, Jonathan Taylor was like RB like, I don't know, like 40 or like 35 through two weeks. And obviously we know he finishes RB1. So, uh, He's got the talent. Um, I, I'm not worried about him. I'm keeping Taylor in this. League. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Um, and and my thing too, right? So you're like with JT, he has underperformed, right? Um, and and Kirk has been a really good sleeper pick. Uh, you know, if you got him at the you know the end of your draft, because um, a lot of people really hated Kirk, and and a lot of people hate Kirk because of the contract that he got. But the contract is honestly doing him wonders uh, in fantasy because um, he, he's the only option there right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think JT is going to bounce back, right? Every running back that got drafted in the first round this year has underperformed pretty much. Right. Yeah. Uh, so like, you know, honestly, like all the running backs are underperforming right now. So stick with the talent. He's art. You already have proven that he's RB one. And guess what? He started slow last year too. So, you know, hope for the big boom that you got last year. I think that's kind of go to there. Um, but for Dallas Goddard, you know, I agree with you, right? I don't think he's going to enter the, the tier one of tight ends this year. And I just think that's because, you know, he got AJ Brown and, and Devontae Smith, uh, in the same realm, uh, or, or the same offense. Um, and I think that keeps him in the realm of already of tight end two. Um, and, um, I mean, it's, it's tough, tough for me. Cause Dallas Goddard's a huge talent, but I, I just don't think he's going to enter, enter tier one, but this year, tier one's been pretty bad. So, yeah, yeah, I love the player, but I'm still ranking him as like I don't know. I've been looking at rankings a couple of weeks, probably like tight end six at best. All right. Uh, so, last little bit, right? Um, so, what what's your what are you looking forward to next week? Um, any specific game that you're looking forward to? Well, I mean, look no further than tonight. Uh, I want to see if um, can uh, can Tua like can he come overcome this injury? Can he continue this winning streak? And then additionally, right, this is the battle of you know it was tank for Tua, and then it turned into we want Joe Burrow. Uh, you know, they're the number one and two QBs taken that year. Uh, let's see, can Cincy get kind of off the mat? They've looked pretty bad to start this year. That's the, my first thing I'm looking at. Yeah. Um, <laughs> man, what, what are you we expecting? Were talking Who about, are you taking tonight? Who, who's going to get the I'm w? taking the Dolphins. Uh, okay. So I'll say this, man. Uh, we we were saying last year, like, this, the, the, the reason the, that they shouldn't have taken uh, Jamar Chase, they should have taken Sewell, and that's playing out this year. I think Jamar Chase is an amazing talent. Not trying to take away the talent that Jamar Chase had. They went to the Super Bowl, but this, if they, this offensive line continues to play like this, Joe Burrow might have another season ending injury. Like that's how bad the offensive line has been this year. And I mean, this is what happened to Andrew Luck. He yeah. had years upon years of crap line and he had to retire at what, like 28, 29? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, I feel bad for um, for Joe, but you know I I think it's going to continue. I think uh, I, I don't this offensive line has not performed well, uh, and they got to get better. They got to get better. Um, but 
for me, yeah, that's you know, the Thursday night game is going to be uh, where it's at. I'm really looking forward to the two marquee matchups in the uh, SEC this year or this week, I should say. Um, you know, uh, got uh, Alabama versus Arkansas. Uh, and um, so what about uh, Will Levis? What are you kind of looking forward to in that game that he's he's playing this week? So, right, this is 4-0 versus 4-0, uh, SEC East versus SEC West. Kentucky is coming down to uh, play Ole Miss, right? We just talked about Ole Miss. They have a great running game. But I think Kentucky matches up pretty well because they have a pretty stout front. Um, they looked good running against two good running backs against Florida. Now they're not quite on the level of what Ole Miss has, but they're pretty good. Um, and and Levis has looked good. I mean, he's not – I never thought he was going to play like Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. I never expected that. But I've been, I've liked what I've seen. This is another big game. His worst game of the year by far was against Florida, the big game under the lights, you know, at a, you know an away game. So I want to see what happens in, you know, round two of that. Yeah, I, I got Ole Miss uh, losing this game. I, th- I got Kentucky winning, um, and that's not because of Will Levis, actually. I think it's going to be because uh, Ole Miss is going to lose the game because they can't throw the ball. Yeah, right. It's going to be a Jackson Dart, game. you know, was a pretty big, you know, sweetheart for a lot of these Debbie, you know, analysts that are out here. And, and I liked him. Um, I certainly liked him more than you. I, I'm pretty sure if I remember right, you were quite a hater. Um, and to be honest – through four weeks, he kind of looked right to be so. He's not looked well. Yeah, yeah. I, I it looks like uh, Ole Miss is really missing Matt Corral, in my opinion. Um, but I'll go to the guy that I was really hating on, uh, DJU versus Devin Leary. Uh, so DJU was very, very improved last week uh, against Wake Forest. Now Wake Looks Forest has not Wake looked. Forest. Wake Forest is not very good. Um, they're they were they're overrated. Um, they're they're a really bad defense, but and I got to give DJU his flowers. Like he played well, he he balled out, um, and I he looks like the guy. He looks like he, he has regained some confidence, um, and so I was wrong there. But um, I still would rather I think K Clubman gives them a better chance to win. But you know if DJU is going to play like that, you can't you can't sit him. Yeah, I honestly. Um... I think I think you're totally right about the confidence. The confidence is a big thing for DJU. I think it got just destroyed against Georgia last year, and it didn't recover. And they've slowly been building up this year. Uh, and last week was great. They finally yeah. had some freaking plays made by the wide receivers, which is another yeah. issue. Uh, it helps playing against a bunch of cupcakes the first three weeks of the season. You know I what? That's a- <laughs> it, I, yes, but you know, in this their situation, it's exactly what they needed. You know, like. College, they don't get preseason the way the NFL does. So, like, get the guy feeling really in rhythm, like, you know, with real game time stuff. Um, so I'm by no means all the way back in on DJU. I was the fool that took him, I think, at, like, 105 in my Debbie startup draft, you know, a, you know, whatever it was, 15 months ago. Um, but there's some hope there now. Um, Devin Leary, right? Devin Leary, he he was one of my guys uh, this going into this year, and he against ECU, I think that was week one. He he didn't look good. They didn't look good. They nearly lost ECU, uh, but quietly, he's looked really good the last few weeks. So I'm actually interested in both of these uh, QBs to see if they can continue on their um, their you know the trend that they've had these recently. Yeah, and and quickly let's just go through the last two here. Uh, T. Law making strides. Uh, you know he played well last week, uh, and then Josh Allen versus Lamar. Um, you know, kind of what are you looking towards uh, in those two games? Well, I mean, so for me, right, Trevor Lawrence, he finally has an actual football coach and organization around him. He's starting to look good. Like, he, by no means is he amazing right now, but he's improving. He's getting better, and that's what I want to see. All of a sudden, he's playing against pretty darn good defense. That is beat up on a lot of teams so you know is this a total clunker or can he at least have a solid game yeah i i just think with t-law you know he's showing that he was not uh, he's not the generational prospect that i think people you know everybody had kind of played uh planted him as um and he, he really needs to improve a lot in order to you know make that make that franchise savior that he was supposed to be when he came to jacksonville 
and then yeah, Josh Allen, Lamar. You know, I, I, that's a great game. That's if you don't if you're not watching that, you're you're messing up. Yeah, that's great quarterback. I think we're gonna see fireworks. Well, actually, yeah. here's the thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I I don't think that Baltimore can stop Buffalo. I don't. They've looked terrible. They've, but I mean, even Miami, like they Miami beat Buffalo, but they still only scored 21 points. Uh, you know, like. I don't know. Do you think? Can you think Lamar can like single handedly keep him in the game? No. I mean, they're going to stay in the game because I think I they're going to keep them in the game. Score a lot but I don't see him winning. No. Yeah. And I, I, I call I call Dolphins winning. By the way, I don't know if you remember that, but I think I called missed that. that. I missed. Yeah. That. I called that. Uh, yeah, I certainly did. So yeah. I said yeah, I had, I, maybe I caused it because I think last week I, I said, "Can this team go seventeen and no Question mark. <laughs> I did. Yeah, yeah. That's what that was. What uh, that, that's what happened. I, you can yeah. blame me, Buffalo fans. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So uh, that's what we're looking forward to. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be a great week of football this week. A lot of really good games coming up. So yeah, this past week was a little weird. You know, it had quite a few injuries. I'm hoping to have a really great week this week. Uh, really excited. Some really good games coming. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. Um, is there anything else you have, Robert, or should we close this out? No, I think uh, I think we're all good. Yeah, so please, hey, smash that like button. Hit the subscribe button. Share. Uh, comment. Get us um, on Twitter. You can see both our handles right there on the screen. Uh, we'd love to interact with you. It's really great to have these uh, questions from the audience. Uh, thank you. I uh, really appreciate it. And, Robert, thank you. This was fun. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, guys.